This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Vulnerability can be a scary thing, even when we're on the mend. Black boys boast bravado not to seem broken, and often so do black men. I see you, looking for clues, searching for cues, longing to know what I'm not telling you, as if if I'm hiding in plain view. Even though I speak my truth, for some it just doesn't seem to be enough. But when red tables turn timidly, some say they tell too much when they talk. My most intimate thoughts belong to me, like a woman's body when she says no. So I reserve the right to go as far as I'd like, and though I live in the public eye, I don't subscribe to the dog and pony show. I've learned to discern who cannot accept all of me. I read the room before I speak, because I find that folks flee from honesty like we retreat from love. Mm. Vulnerability can be a scary thing, even when we're on the mend. Mm. Hiding Mm. in plain view. That ladies and gentlemen, is the amazing voice available now. Go get it. It is the one and only. Some of y'all know him as Theo. I'm rocking with him right now as AJ Austin on The Resident. That's my dude. That's what I'm. Dr. AJ, let me be very specific. Let me welcome the great, the wonderful, the amazing Malcolm Jamal Warner. Hi. Thank you, Karen. Thank you very much. Uh Uh-oh, no, don't be covered in coquettish. I don't even know where to start because I'm a little bit like geeking out, you know, not that I grew up with you because we're about the same age. So it's like not that, you know, but I did grow up watching you grow up with the Garden Cottrell shirt on and all, you know, it's like, you know, you know know what I'm saying. It's it's, it's a cultural thing. It's a yeah, it's a thing. So hmm, some people don't aren't able to pivot, but you I feel like we've been I, I have been watching you kind of figure some things out about your own humanity. I'm not even going to say manhood because I think even that is beyond where you are right now. Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, So hiding in plain view, not the first, second, third, like you've been doing music, spoken word power for a minute. Yeah. Is this part of your therapy? I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. But it also started, uh, it started so long ago. Um, my dad went to Lincoln University with Gail Scott Heron and Brian Jackson. And he went to Lincoln because Langston went to Lincoln. So literally out of the womb, uh, I, I was, I've been steeped in poetry. Um, I made this proclamation to my parents when I was about six or seven years old, before I ever took any acting class, uh, I told my parents I was either going to be a famous actor, a famous poet, or a famous basketball player. So, you know, I, you know, you can, you can say that I was a poet before I was an actor. Two, I was going to say two out of three ain't bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you, you didn't make it past Five eleven. So I guess. Well, you could have been a great basketball player. No, I couldn't have been. <laughs> You're the crossover. You know they had. I played ball. I know, played Nate, ball. Nate Robinson. You know you could have been. 
Lou, you're taller than you know. It could have happened, yeah. but you know. Yeah. I, I, you know, actually, I I, I had my uh, my basketball stint, and uh, let's just say I found my other two lanes. <laughs> well, you are mastering, and, and and we're on this journey this year. You know, we're doing these forty day forty day stints, forty day planning. And, you know, just kind of crafting the life we want to live in. My mantra right now is you want you want to create the world in which you want to live. It, you, it, you, we can't sit back and wait for politics, you know, the politicians, our parents, you know, our loved ones. We have to be in control of the world that we want to live in. And we absolutely can. We can. We can control this ourselves. Right. So this fits right in with our mission this year for you hiding in plain view was what why did you need to put this out um it's interesting because that was the last piece on the album and i had initially wanted to call the album black fist beautiful and my wife was like that's corny (laughs) (laughs) and i was like ah okay uh, and she just kind of made me made me think about some things, and I had I'd always loved the phrase "hiding in plain view," and I kind of believe that that's uh, you know that's how I walk through life. You know, um, I can, you know, I'm not the person who comes in a room and I'm like, "Hey, I'm here." Uh, you know, I'll come in there, and and I, probably because I don't have to. Uh, you know, I, I'm also a Leo. Uh, I'm also a bass player. And, you know, those are the kind of, you know, those are the temperaments that, you know, uh, they can be out there at the center of the, of attention, or they can just like, you know, fall back and just like let everybody else do their thing. So that's kind of how I walk through life. Um, so I wanted to, so I decided I was going to call the album Hiding in Plain View. Uh, and my wife was like, okay, cool. That's, that, that's better. But uh, is there a poem called Hiding in Plain View? I was like, no. She's like, well, aren't you know and she she's not in music business at all or anything but she's like well don't uh album if albums you know have a title isn't there generally like a track on the album that you know so she <laughs> kind of pushed me into um you know really taking the time because the rest of the album you know i'm talking about social issues there are topics that i'm you know i'm speaking from the heart uh, on, uh, but they are other topics. So she really impressed upon me uh, the importance of doing something where um, I'm not not hiding, but I'm not you know putting another topic up front. It's it, it's me, um, and I I really had to sit and figure out what was on my heart. And Dr. Daniel Black talks a lot about vulnerability. Wait a minute. Did you just bring up Dr. Daniel Black? The coming, the coming, the coming. We are. So let me just. So I created the space called Nubia and he is now part of it. And so we are in community with him reading his book. It's like more than a thousand people. We're reading the book together and he's going to be in there discussing it with us. How in that, you, there's a, there's something going on with the ancestors right now, Malcolm Jamal. Wow, I don't even understand. Awesome. So finish. I didn't mean to, to cut you off because I need to hear yeah. all of the goodness about Dr. Daniel Black, please. His, yeah. Well, so Dr. Black is all throughout the album. There was a there there's a there's a, a poem on the album called Asante Sana and there's a long music bed and I knew I wanted to have you know a statement from uh from Dr. Black 
you know, in that piece. And I recorded an hour and a half conversation that we had. And when I went in to edit, he dropped so much knowledge that I I had to put him through the whole album, you know. So he kicks off the album. Um, you know, the first track is called Love Song. And he said, and, and the thing I, I love, most people know me for like my love poems and relationship poems and whatnot. So uh, this piece called Love Song is just him. And he just makes this statement. He said, the thing about a black boy is you don't necessarily want to beat a black boy. What you want to do is you want to love him so divinely. You want to love him so fiercely that your disappointment will kill him. You want him to adore you so much that he never wants to disappoint you. That's how the album starts. Out the album, you know, he brings up this 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 concept of vulnerability and how vulnerability is a missing piece in uh, father-son relationships. And that really that really resonated with me deeply because that's not the relationship that I have with my father. Uh, with my father, you know, the space for vulnerability uh, has always been there. And it made me think about, well, you know, maybe this poem should really be about um, my sharing my vulnerability and the, the, uh, the power in 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 being vulnerable um but you know it, it, being vulnerable is not always a smooth road you know walk us through um we're talking with the amazing malcolm jamal warner uh, he's got a new album hiding in plain view it is out now go get it download it share it download it share it share it and download it um yeah. because we tell the world what we love based on what we click on, what we buy, what we share. Yeah. The, we are in a world of algorithms and, you know, commerce around algorithms. Let the algorithms show the world that Malcolm Jamal Warner's work is valuable to us because it is. That That's said, true. yeah, I was telling somebody, you know, perfection's a process. But also, you know, to arrive at a place of self-love is also a process that requires a lot of introspection, a lot of bumped, you know, knees and, and skint, skint knees and busted lips. You're going to wow. fall. You're going to run into a brick wall. You got to come back. You got to not quit. What was your journey, your road to Damascus, so to speak? Mm, um, well, it included all of that. <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, I mean, going back to uh, when you asked about the poetry being therapy, right? That's um, that has always been so for me. It's always been an outlet that I needed. Um, and what has helped me along the journey is being able to look at my writing, because you know, there's a process of, you know, you're, you're creating, and you're like, Oh, that sounds cool. That's good. Oh, that works with that. Oh, that's, that's dope. And then you finish it. You're like, I got this dope piece. Then you put it aside and you come back or for me, this is my process. Then I come back to it and then read it and go, Oh, wow. Well, I, I meant every word of that, like from my soul, it wasn't just that it sounded good. It was, wow, that's really where I am. 
Um, so I've been fortunate in being, and, and this is why I I recommend poetry uh, in, in writing and journaling, even if you're not sharing it with other people, but just so you can see yourself. And it's like you're you're kind of charting the path for you in the future, but also um, um, uh, documenting for your future self to go back and see, oh, that's where I was. Oh, this is where I am now. And and even if like I don't there's sometimes where I didn't necessarily get the consciousness of where I was at the moment until I read something in the past and then made the connection and go, oh wow, that's where I was. I've progressed from there and I'm here. And then so for me, the the poetry has I've been has allowed me to kind of put pieces together that I've laid out for myself, if that makes sense. Oh, perfect sense. But if you know, you know, right? Because not everyone is on a journey. You know, some of us are sleepwalking through this beautiful gift called life. And it is a absolute beautiful gift. No matter what pain situation you might be in right now, know that that pain is also teaching you some lessons, but we got to lean into the lessons. And many of us run away from it because it's too hard. You know, we all get dealt a you know hand. Nobody gets to pick who. But actually, mm, I'm gonna say this too. I, I feel like we get to pick where we come into this life. You know, through whom we come into this life. You know, I often tell my mother, I chose to come in through this vessel. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I had a I had a conscious choice to come yeah. in to this vessel. You yeah. know, but yeah. that's yeah. ownership, right? That's a certain yeah. power that you 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 know take hold of when you intentionally say. Yeah, all of these circumstances I chose because they were going to teach me something about myself. And then I'm supposed to impart that onto the world. Yes, man. Our daughter is five years old and we constantly thank her for choosing us to be her parents. You know, so she's getting that, you know, and 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 it's interesting because uh, as much as she can get it at five years old, uh, she completely gets it. You know, so I think when she's, you know, when she's 15, it'll make even that much more sense to her. But it's about, as you said, taking ownership of 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 your, you know, of, of your thoughts and your feelings and your actions um, from from the jump. So who did you bump into? What what author? What you know, you're Malcolm Jamal Warner. We know the Malcolm is Malcolm X. The Jamal is Ahmad Jamal. Tell us something yeah. about did you have to did you have to study Ahmad Jamal or was he just constantly on loop in your in your life growing up so to, as a reminder? My dad was a big uh, big jazz head, um, so I you know I, I grew up listening to Ahmad Jamal, uh, but my father was also um, so my, my during my summer vacations. Um, my father had this this thick book uh, called Great American Negroes, and there were chapters on Langston Hughes, Richard Wright, Mary McLeod Bethune, Marian Anderson, and he would make me read these chapters and do these book reports. And this is during my summer vacations, right? I'm you know I'm six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and um, of course I didn't want to, but that's my dad, so I had to. Uh, so he was like early on, he was very, um, he, he was pretty hardcore on making sure that I understood, uh, you know, from whence I came. And he, you know, was also hardcore about doing it like through the arts. 
you know, my one of my favorite books as a kid was a book, Poems on the Life and Death of Malcolm X. And I remember being in fifth grade and I would take the book to school and I would put it on my desk and the kids would tease me and laugh and say, oh, somebody wrote a book about you. Ha ha ha. But even in fifth grade, you know, it occurred to me that one, none of these kids knew who Malcolm X was. And two, none of them were reading poetry as sophisticated as I was reading. So he really, you know, at that foundational age, he really instilled so much of um, uh, you know, ownership uh, and knowing who I am and from whence I came. Oh, I love it. Malcolm Jamal Warner. So a, a video went viral of you, which everyone thought was you, uh, because you so perfectly lip sync <laughs> over cash flow Harlem's, you know, yeah, I say it loud. Yeah. I'm black and I'm proud. Smith, play a little bit for people who aren't familiar with it. Just play a little. It was Martin, Malcolm, Huey, Alvin, Marcus, Richard, Jesse. Yes. Adam, okay. Carly, All right. Gordon, so James you went and did this and people thought it was you. But yeah, I, yeah. now that I'm seeing great American heroes, I'm like, of course you saw that video. I was like, I got, I got to get in on this. <laughs> well, you know, I saw the video on Instagram and I saw people doing the, like these remixes, you know, the split screen and everybody I saw, they were just kind of like nodding to, you know, the track or there's one guy who would like count the names, but then he would lose count. And I'm <laughs> watching this and I'm like, all right, let me take the time to memorize the verse. Right. And then let me make it a challenge. Well, no one took me up on the challenge, but the video went viral. And yeah, everybody thought it was me. And I was like, no, that's cash flow Harlem. I'm just, all I'm doing is lip syncing. But yeah, I, I, I did body the lip sync. I oh will, my goodness. Yes. I, will, and, I will own that. And I suspect because no one took the challenge because it requires work. And we're in a very non-work, I'm not going to even call it lazy. I think we've been conditioned to not work. We've been conditioned to memorize and regurgitate. We've been conditioned to not think, not work, not. So I say the the world is going to be uh, bodied by people who are willing to put in that work. Hello. Hello. So I'm ready for that. You know, I want to spend a little time because I I watch a lot of television. I recommend shows on Friday. You know, I have a what to watch list, my top five, and the resident has made it. We've had Morris Chestnut on the show. Y'all bumped heads and he came and then he went and did the best man thing. I guess that's what he had something else to do. But you are playing a doctor, very arrogant, cocky doctor, AJ Austin, who as you know, first you had that relationship with the Okafor lady and she disappeared. And then, you know, your mom, you know, had a mother on the show and you went through this very heart-wrenching uh period with that with that storyline and now you're you you're a dad of twins that look like you and i'm like go ahead casting come on through because you know black <laughs> man with an indian woman gonna have black children stop playing love right. it tell yes, me about man. your role here aside from it being a steady paycheck because that is you know residuals at some point because i love that you know because mm-hmm. actors don't to me have a lot of security when you're People don't even yes. recognize that. That's security right there. But Pretty tell me much. about this role for you. Uh, it's It's been an amazing uh, playground uh, dojo, so to speak. Uh, Austin is by far uh, my favorite character that I've played. Um, I, I've had a couple that, that you know, have come close. Um, but what I really love about Dr. Austin is he's, you know, he's one of the top cardiothoracic surgeons in the country. He's 
arrogant. He's brash. Um, but the arrogance doesn't come from overcompensating for insecurities. It comes from, look, I put the work in, I embodying what I'm doing. Right. And this, this is what it is. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't care how it lands on you. This is the truth. You deal with it. Um, so being able to play someone who is uh, so comfortable in his skin that he doesn't care what anyone thinks about him. And for me, it's great stepping into that role because as an artist, we want to not care what people think about us. However, the success of our art greatly depends upon how people think about us. So with Dr. Austin, I get an opportunity to play the man I don't allow myself to be. Mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. And why, what would that look like, Malcolm Jamal Warner, if you allowed mm. yourself to be that man? Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there is a... Uh, I've been around a lot of uh, arrogant people on my journey, and it just doesn't, it doesn't look nice. Yeah, it's not arrogant. cute. It's not. It's cute. not. It's not. I mean, you know, you know, being, being, being confident, being comfortable in your skin, uh, but, but being arrogant is just not, not cool. Well, it it actually wears well on Dr. AJ Austin. I'm just gonna say for you know, for a friend, I, I ain't mad at all of the arrogance that he because you know if you could back it up, I'm like most people there are mad that. at it because you know they can't they can't do nothing with it. So it's like I'd rather tear it down because I can't even compete. I get it anyway. So Justin Timberlake had a a, a lyric a line. He says, you know, uh, they they tell me it's cocky, but is it cocky if it's true? First of all, I'm gonna let you slide for um, quoting Justin oh. Timberlake on my good, wow. good okay. black radio show. Yeah, yeah I feel very strong. Yeah, yeah. I had a conversation <laughs> with people about uh, why Justin is not a culture vulture, but that's a whole other uh, conversation. Nope, I'm, I don't even care about the culture vulture. He's disloyal. That said, yeah, yeah, oh, he uh, let Janet Jackson out there yeah, to, to yeah. We, I will work, never work, forgive work. him for that. Never. All right. Got that. Forgot yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We'll move on. We'll move on. Let's, let's end on a word, happy note. <laughs> Emmy nominated, Grammy winning. You, Grammy, are you in on the, like, do these awards matter to you? And what haven't you accomplished that you want to? Yeah, they matter. <laughs> <laughs> they matter. Uh, I mean, they, it, like, they matter to the, uh, to the extent that though I don't do what I do for validation, it's very validating, right? Um, so it's cool to have those, it's cool to have those accolades. It's cool to have, uh, you know, the bragging rights, if you will, but they don't necessarily, uh, you know, do anything for me in terms of my grind uh, my passion for my craft or, you know, the work that I have to continually, constantly do to hone my crafts. But they're great to have. All right. So I'm going to wish you another Grammy for Thank hiding you. in plain view. Thank and we're going to, I'm going to invite you back anytime. You can come back anytime. Because I feel like you just want to come and be on the Karen Hunter show just to, you know, chop it up with, you know, with me. I feel that way. I, I would love to come back. This is uh, this is cool. Thank you, thank you. So we're gonna we're gonna end with the with what would have been the title track, "Black Fist Beautiful" 
Oh, uh, yes, we're going. It would. So I, I, I just want to say. Uh, so when when I when I you know was working through that song, and uh, you know I played it for my wife, she was like, "You should call that Black Fist Beautiful." I was like, "Wait, a minute, I thought you said it was corny." She said, "No, I think calling the album that is corny, but I think that song that's the perfect title for that song." I was like, okay. okay, come I'm on through, through wife. Yes. Come on through wife. Yeah. Hiding yeah. in plain view is the album, and this. Thank you for coming through. Blackfish Beautiful, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Sisters harnessing what was once called sass, now called steadfast, holding each other up so selflessly, no man of any color would want to smoke associated with the okie doke. Black lives really do matter. I'm seeing where Black Fist Beautiful is not a slogan. It's our mantra reminding us that radical self-love is the most revolutionary act that we can imbue. And we unabashedly birth revolutionaries who radiantly refine the art of recycling dollars so that investing in young black entrepreneurs is believed to be a social duty and a spiritual quest. Self-sufficiency puts restless Rose and Greenwood spirits at peace, knowing that the Black Wall Streets weren't slain in vain. In fact, in my vision, Black Wall Streets are the norm, protected by the red, black, and green. With yes, the yes. Oh, you did that. You did that. You did that. All right. I'm serious about you coming back, Malcolm Jamal. No, one. Don't just don't give me the just you know, don't give me hey. the the Hollywood hey. thing. I deserve no, more than that. On, on the real, this is way too short. Yes. Thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you for Thank real. You. Likewise. All right.